which kind of leads me to just the point of like how important, like you just said, Nick, like the community aspect is and just how important the people are. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Awesoming's podcast, where we highlight people pursuing their definition of, you guessed it, awesome. So buckle up and get ready for some more success story adventures and failures from Kentucky's tech and entrepreneur community. All right. Well, I'm here with a couple of my business partners, uh, Luke Murray and Nick Such, and we are going to tell you a little bit of the Awesome Inc. story as we are embarking on our uh, 13-year anniversary for Awesome Inc. So Awesome Inc. story actually begins with Apex Software and the story of Apex Software. So Apex started a couple years before Awesome Inc. in 2007. And the inspiration of Apex has to, uh, the credit has to go to one of our mentors, Lee Todd. Lee Todd was the president of the University of Kentucky when all three of us were at the University of Kentucky. Um, we were engineering students and Luke studied something that was not as hard as engineering. I don't remember what it even was. It was business. <laughs> business. Good. Um, and we, so Nick and I were getting engineering degrees and Lee Todd was an engineer. So he had a lot of respect for Nick and I. <laughs> oh yeah. I was, a, I was, I was also becoming a doctor. That was the other thing I was studying. Yeah. My bad. Yeah. He did this med school thing. You can ask him how it went. We, uh, studied. So, so we went to, went to Lee Todd, try to try to get a meeting with Lee Todd and really wanted to, um, just meet with him to figure out what it was we were going to do next. We had started a company, uh, Luke and I, and a few other of our friends had started a company called Book Exchange. And while we were at UK, <laughs> UKBookExchange.com, you can go there. It's still, I think the domain still works. It, I'm checking it right Check now. Check and see. We might actually still have some customers. I haven't, haven't emptied the bank account in a long time. This company, however, it was a major, massive financial failure. Um, didn't work out for us at all. And going into Lee Todd's office, trying to get a meeting with him to talk about what we were going to do next, whether we wanted to start another business, which we were just coming off this massive failure, um, or go get a job as an engineer in my case, um, as a, or as a medical doctor in, in Luke's case, just trying to decide which path we should go down. So we finally scored the meeting with Lee Todd. It took us months and months. His secretary, Judy, uh, we like literally banged Hi, on Judy. her door so many times. Judy was a, a saint for putting up with all of the nonsense that we had to do to get through her as the gatekeeper to get to Lee Todd. Finally scored the meeting, sit down with Lee Todd, and we're like, all right, Dr. Todd, we really don't know what we want to do next. We, we, we feel like what we're passionate about is starting businesses. Um, but clearly we haven't proven that we're very good at that. Um, so what, what do you, what do you think we should do? He kind of stops us. We don't even, we don't get very far into the meeting and he's like, guys, if what you're passionate about is actually starting a company, then just go start, just go start the company when you get out of college and, and go all in on it this time. Do it for a year, do it for two years. An absolute worst case scenario, like realistic worst case scenario, is that you're going to end up right back where you are and all those jobs that you could have gotten today, they'll still be there in a year. They'll still be there in two years. Um, and it really put it into perspective, um, at least for me. And I walked out of his office and was like, well, that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to graduate this May and I'm going to start a company and I'm going to try to get a couple of my friends to do it. So I called up my brother, Justin, called up my um, good friend, Matt Smith, 
And these guys were electrical engineers that had a lot of experience in writing software. So I was like, hey, you guys want to start a software company with me? And they said yes. And we were on our way to starting Apex Software in the, uh, the summer of 2007. So that was kind of the, the beginning of the Apex story, which as we started Apex, so fast forward another year or two from that, we just realized all these gaps that existed in the entrepreneurial community in Lexington, Kentucky. We felt like we were alone. We felt like there wasn't a community for entrepreneurship. There wasn't a lot of resources for entrepreneurship. Um, and we wanted to do exactly what Lee Todd did for us, which was essentially just give us permission to try, give us permission to fail at starting this company. We wanted to do what Lee Todd did for us for a whole bunch of other people who were maybe in the same situation that we were in as we were thinking about and debating and contemplating whether or not we wanted to start this company. Um, so that's when Luke and I kind of came up with the idea of Awesome Inc. And I'll let Luke kind of talk to you a little bit about kind of the inception of Awesome Inc. and uh, how we got started along that. Yeah, so um, we <clears throat> we actually didn't call it Awesome Inc. at first. We called it UK Google because uh, we were like, we don't really know what Google like how they make money, but they like, they're super creative and they've got like really uh, smart people there and they're all like hanging out. Um, and I feel like if we've succeeded at one thing, um, it's that because Not I, making money. Part yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, the, the part where people are like, I, I, what do they do down there? Um, there's some really smart folks down there. I they think they're doing some cool stuff, but I don't, how do they, how do they make money? Um, so yeah, and and I guess the truth is we don't uh, that much, but so Google did kind of figure that piece out. Anyway, so we talked about it being UK Google, and we talked about just having a place, again, like Brian said, where folks felt normal for starting a company in college, starting a company right after college. And so um, at the time, we uh, there was there were two different inspirations. One of them was, so I sold books door to door before I went to medical school. And to do that, this is door to door, 80 hours a week, you need a pretty um, intense environment. And so I learned a lot from the intense training that they did. And I applied it in medical school to help people like pursue their goals. And I realized like the kind of goals that I care about have to do with startups. You know, I, I really enjoyed starting a business. I would like to help others start businesses. Um, and so I heard about a a organization called Y Combinator, which is a which is a startup accelerator, which is a thing that didn't exist at all until 2005, and um, and so a, another another version of this Y Combinator accelerator was called uh, TechStars, and so we were like, hey, we, we'll have a physical place and we'll take these people through this you know three month uh, boot camp, so to speak, and. Um, yeah, that's our game plan. It exists in Silicon Valley and in Boulder, Colorado, and the third place will be Lexington. And um, yeah, we just need a well, we don't know what we need, um, but we're gonna go find out. So we went to Techstars, their second demo day or third demo day. Remember, second, I think, second ever demo day in Boulder, Colorado, uh, and. We did we roll twelve deep the first year or the second no, year? The, the second first year it was just you and I, and then the second okay. year we took about yeah about a dozen of our team. We were like the biggest group there, uh, and we were from Kentucky. So the first year being TechStars, second year, the yeah, second yeah. year being TechStars, third year. Yeah, yeah. So I think we went in 08 and then maybe then in 09 or something like that. Mm -hmm. So, um, but in order to get out there, the first year. Uh, we had competed in a BookExchange.com, I believe, had competed in a. Um, in a pitch competition. pitch competition, thank you, and uh, lost to um, 
some folks that are didn't actually pursue their their idea. Actually, the second place team and the third place team did, and so we looked down pretty aggressively on the folks that won their business plan competition and we actually shout, to... shout out here to Wes Keltner who was the second yes. place we were the third place team Wes Keltner oh he was he was second place the ad agency yeah was his company I think uh, Tau agency Tau is what agency. it was called Tau but, Creative yeah um, and he's gone on to do some really cool things in Lexington including starting a, um, a studio that makes video games Friday the 13th is yeah. one of his video games yeah. that's a super successful yeah hit yeah. game. I'm yeah I'm super proud of uh, of him for going for it. He got second place in this. Yes. So yeah. So the, so the silver medalist and the bronze medalist went on to greater things, and um, we looked down <laughs> upon the folks that were really polished in their presentation and just wanted to get the A and probably got it. Anyway, we uh, we had some money, but not enough money to you know get a plane ticket to go out to. Um, to Boulder, I guess two plane tickets. And so we sat down with Jim Gray, who was vice mayor at the time. Yeah, Jim Gray was vice mayor. And I also, um, credit where credit is due, quick shout out to Commerce Lexington, because the reason we were able to get connected to vice mayor Jim Gray at oh, the time was Jenna Greathouse at oh, Commerce cool. Lexington. It was her suggestion, I remember, to to meet with him. And oh, she was like, he's entrepreneurial. A lot of you, it. I'm sure, have heard of Gray Construction and Gray yeah. Solutions. Um, Jim Gray at the time, I think, was still the CEO and running Gray Construction while also being vice mayor has wow. since stepped down and passed it off to Stephen Gray. But Whew. yeah, the only reason we got to Jim Gray was because Jenna Greathouse introduced us. Well, thank you, Aunt Jenna. Um, so we sit down with with Jim and we say, hey, look, there's this program that's creating amazing results. Uh, we want to recreate it here. And we also uh, didn't get super far into our sales pitch. And Jim was just like, what do you guys want? And we're like, well, we just want to go see it. And so he's like, great, here's a thousand bucks or 2000 bucks or something like that. 1500 bucks. Um, go see it and tell me how it goes. Cause if this thing works, it'll be the biggest thing that's ever happened in Lexington, uh, in terms of the entrepreneurial community. And, um, I hope he was right. I don't know. We're still, we're still working on making that, uh, making good on that kind of prediction. Well, one cool part of that story too is, so Jim Gray wrote us the check for, I think it was $1,500 to pay for our trip basically to, to Boulder, Colorado in 2008. And just last year in 2021, I was able to sit down with Jim Gray and kind of give him some updates like we do about once a year. And I was able to write Jim Gray a check back for his quote unquote investment that was never really meant to be an investment. I'm sure he he just considered it a donation or a um, just kind of a gift to us to to go out there. But we were able to write him that check back with a twenty percent year over year annual return. Maybe give him twenty percent. So he got a, he actually got a decent return Dang, on that on that investment the into market. the community. Twenty percent, twelve years. Wow, geez, he did well. Cool. So that's that was kind of the this was going to be a a Y Combinator, a TechStars, um, and also uh, during that that time the we were told about the concept of a co working space by Todd Wiley, and I guess Collection was hmm. kind of the the hacker group he was a part of, and he said, hey, let's try to like there's this thing called co-working spaces and we're like, Oh, sounds neat. Um, maybe we can pay the bills with our co-working space. And turns out we paid the bills with, you know, Apex just paid the bills. To a job. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's, well, that's, now, you do, Dr. Luke. that's true. now I pay the bills. That's true. That's true. So, um, I guess you're passing the baton. But as speaking of paying the bills, I think, um, one of our 
ventures that is um, starting to show a lot of growth potential and profitability um, in the future is some of the stuff that Nick's working on. So, I mean, I think it'd be cool if maybe you wanted to tell the story about how we got connected to Nick, because I actually only know Nick because of you, Luke. Because of me, yeah. So um, the reason that, the only reason Brian and I are friends is I was frustrated about the, the, this book selling problem, you know, that you go to the bookstore and, and you get screwed. Um, and so I was, exp- I was complaining to somebody. Which and- by the way, if anyone is listening today, that is like a 20 year old problem that I, I actually go back and speak to classes. And I ask, I try to like tell the book exchange story and I ask them, it. I'm like, so where do you guys get your textbooks? And they're like, uh, we don't have textbooks. They don't have textbooks. Like, like oh, really? Most classes now, it's like not like the problem that we were solving is kind Doesn't of obsolete exist. at this point. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so it's probably a good thing that we failed so miserably. Yeah, exactly. They would yeah, not be, we'd be out of business. We'd now be anyways. out of business for sure. So yeah, there was the this the arbitrage of like selling your books back to the bookstore for pennies on the dollar, and then them being resold two weeks later for basically full price. I thought was pretty frustrating. I was like, telling a friend of mine, and he said, "Hey, well, I know somebody that's building a website to fix that." And so I said, great, give me his phone number right now. And, um, and so I, he did. And uh, Brian was like, hello. I was like, are you the guy making that website? He's like, yeah. And I just kind of, you know, puked into his ear. Uh, for about an hour yeah, straight. Yeah, all the way you're driving back to North Kentucky. Uh, yeah, I was on a drive for about an hour and the whole drive, like yeah. I'm talking to this random stranger about yeah, I'm book exchange. I've been sitting in my parents' driveway for 20 minutes. I'm going to go inside now. <laughs> so anyway, that's how I met Brian. Um, and we became friends from that. Nick, um, I had a speaker come in. Actually, shout out to Tynan. Yeah. yeah. So I, I brought in a, a speaker that had uh, started, started a gambling company. Um, and a, a, a blogging platform. And um, yeah, you reached out and said, hey, I'm, I need a half a million dollars for the- so Not, not personally, like I wasn't yeah. like in debt. Like. Sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't like go to med school twice or anything. Yeah. So um, yeah, that's why you reached out. You, you were trying to raise a half million, right? Yeah, so I was on UK's solar car team. Yeah. And uh, as I've uh, learned recently a little more about how racing works, uh, yeah. step one is you start with a big pile of money. Yeah. And then you end up with a smaller pile. Yeah. 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 Uh, so with uh, for UK Solar Car team, we had to raise money as a student led group um, in order to finance, you know, designing and actually building the building car. Building a race car. Yeah. And I was an engineering student. You know, we didn't really talk about money in our classes. We just talked about physics and you yeah, know how things yeah. would work. So I was uh, looking around campus and thought, hey, who would who would know how to go out and uh, talk to successful alumni and get yeah. them to sponsor, you know, put their company's logo on the side of the car. So I uh, reached out. Uh, Luke's email address, actually the wrong email address, yeah. was on the uh, the Entrepreneurs Club's website. Okay. Um, but we eventually got connected. And yeah, I got to go to the Tynan event. I went yeah. to my first uh, startup weekend. Uh, oh, shout okay. out to Dr. Walcott. Oh, Bruce um, Walcott in the a, house. Definitely a piece of the story and continues yeah. to be. Oh, he's awesome. Um, and uh, and then I think Brian was actually a featured speaker at one of the E-Club events. So I, I think that was one of the first men. Many <laughs> very successful in yeah. 2009. Yeah. <laughs> Probably sharing a lot of expertise. There were, yeah, there were 10 Tens of people, people yeah. at that. Yeah. It was, but it, you know, that was the that was the start, and I was getting ready to graduate, and you guys told me about this thing called Awesome Inc. That was, you know, it was an idea in the fall of 2008, um, before it was a real thing in the spring of 2009. A very real thing. That was yeah. so legitimate. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, you were like, I was like, hey, this this Nick guy's really smart. Nick got into Harvard and Stanford and said no because he had better things to do. Um, and he's like. Uh, we're like, Nick, you're smart and you're awesome. Would you start Awesome Labs? He's like, oh, dude, that sounds great. I'd love to. What's Awesome Labs? I was like, 
that's that's your problem. You tell me. Like it's it's awesome labs. I don't know. Do some cool stuff. Do some nerd stuff with your friends, man. And he did some really really cool nerd stuff with guys that went on to go to MIT and they just didn't have better things to do apparently. Yeah. Um, we turned the uh, the front windows into a touchscreen yes, for a little while. That was pretty yes. fun. Yes, we turned the front of us make it into a touchscreen, and then you turned from hardware to software. Tell tell us a little bit about like what happened with all of that. It was like touchscreen, building layer, shopping, and then is that is that the sequence of. Yeah, so we uh, so as, as you know, our goal with Awesome Inc. was to go help other people start businesses. We yeah. thought, you know, we should probably kind of put ourselves through this process yeah, at the same yeah. time to see, you know, our, what are these resources like? You know, what's missing? How does this whole system work? Mm-hmm. Um, so we started a company, uh, a spin out from Awesome Labs called Awesome Touch. We, you know, Luke, once you came up with the name Awesome Inc., we really didn't venture too far yeah, away you from guys that were like, for naming. Hey, it's we? working. Let's just stamp an A on everything. So uh, this is around, you know, iPhone has come out. iPad doesn't exist yet. So we were making large format touchscreens, so basically mm-hmm. turning Windows or TV size things into into touchscreens. Uh, our most popular app on that was a uh, was a map. And uh, he started getting requests to do maps of indoor spaces. Mm-hmm. So shopping malls. Uh, event venues, uh, hospitals. Um, and so we kind of dropped the touchscreen side and went all in on that uh, indoor mapping piece called Building Layer. Uh, and then to even you know further get into uh, um, this whole uh, startup incubator accelerator uh, piece, we ended up applying for a couple accelerators and, and got into one uh, called Beta Spring in, uh, in Providence, Rhode Island. Um, and actually got to take you know our our company um, through that, um, which was uh, which was pretty cool. But like many other pieces of the of the story, this was ultimately a dead end. So we were our market timing was off. Our enterprise sales strategy wasn't great. Building layer failed. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, out of that is what led to awesome and QR coding school. Mm-hmm. So a lot of uh, this the software lessons we learned, the people um, that we met, uh, those continued on. How do you, yeah, can you make that connection for me a little bit? Cause I, yeah. I know you, you kind of, we, we, we had a little bit of a, of a intermediate time where we're like, Hey, we should start Instacart. Mm-hmm. And we kind of did for a second, but yeah. How did, how do we transition into the, cause yeah. I think you were trying to maybe hire folks. You're like, yeah. There's not a lot of it I think did have to do with Apex's hiring needs, but yeah, Nick, Nick would be best to tell the transition. Yeah. A couple pieces there. So one, you guys forgot about the mobile conference series that we started. Oh my gosh. That's, that's right. right. Yeah. That, yeah. I forgot we started another company by accident. Mm-hmm. We accidentally bought, uh, was it two or $3,000 worth of cookies for oh, one of the events? Yeah, at least $3,000 no, worth of 20, cookies. This is like more than 2,000. Yeah. 2, maybe 2,500. <laughs> I think it's so, pushing 3,000 or more. So we weren't trying to start a mobile conference series. We were trying to start a uh, mobile focused startup accelerator program mm-hmm. and accidentally started this conference series. Um, mm-hmm. But that led to, to a lot of great connections. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you all had already met Noah Kagan, mm-hmm. but that was a, a chance to engage him and the work that he was doing in mobile. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was also a chance for Justin Rainey to start offering iPhone oh, app development yeah. courses. And they were just super popular in our, yeah. Okay. It was, yeah, like the most popular track as we did this conference. And that, yeah. that kind of stood out to us. We're like, wow, people, and these were ex- experienced software developers who just didn't know how to make mobile apps. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that was one of the first courses that we offered. We did, um, I mean, between the conferences and some one-day classes, we probably did that iOS class, you know, 10, 15 times. Um, and what ultimately led, though, to, to what we do now, our, our web developer boot camp, was a conversation with Drew Parrish uh, from Make Time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who's 
And Zometry now. Yeah. And so, yeah, Make Time has been uh, acquired by Zometry. Um, still, still growing. Great, great startup. Um, but Drew came to me after uh, he was speaking at a at a startup event, um, and we were getting ready to walk out of the building. He said, "Hey, you know what? I I'm having trouble hiring software developers. I hired everyone in town mm -hmm. uh, who's you know got the skill set that I my company needs, and we're out." Um, yeah. and we had this idea of, you know, of the boot camp, you know, more than a one day course, you know, what if we mm -hmm. could get someone from zero to career? Mm -hmm. Um, and that, that really was, you know, Drew was kind of that last, that impetus to like, okay, we should, we should go about doing this. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and Apex software has been a huge piece, uh, you know, Apex, uh, hired out of our first boot camp program. Uh, and, and really a lot of credit goes to our students who did this for the first time. They trusted yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that first boot camp when we had no track record. Yeah. We said, hey, we're pretty sure we can do this. Yeah. Um, you know, Matt Smith even, uh, you know, worked as our first lead instructor. And on day one, we didn't have, you know, curriculum to hand to him. He, uh, you know, he really put a lot of that together on the fly. So I think that's where that, um, a bit of where that story connects is with, uh, with building layer. We learned how to build software. We, we learned the tech stack that we ended up teaching in bootcamp. Mm -hmm. Um, and with mobile X, we got to validate a little bit that there was this need for, for tech training. Mm -hmm. Another connection point to kind of the bootcamp that you're talking about for the, the coding school is that that model really isn't that far off from the bootcamp model that Techstars and Y Combinator. So those are three-month programs. The program that you're describing is a three-month um, bootcamp program for coding. And it's it's really just the biggest difference is it's like instead of teaching people about entrepreneurship, you're teaching people about coding. Yeah. And instead of teaching them how to start a company, you're teaching them how to be a programmer. Um, and you're doing that in, in a very condensed period of time in a very intense environment where the culture and the community matters a lot. Um, and for us, community has been kind of the the secret sauce of what Awesome Inc. has done from the beginning is that we we do all of these, these different activities that ultimately can be boiled down to the creation and the education of entrepreneurship and technology. But we do that by building community around those those different areas. Um, and that's been what's kind of allowed people to to advance. So speaking of the boot camp for coding, we were eventually able to start our own kind of boot camp for entrepreneurship, oh, which is right. the fellowship program. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. Um, we have a fellowship, like 50 so we, companies. <clears throat> yeah, there's 60 plus companies okay, that have 60, gone through yeah. our version of an accelerator program, which is called the Awesome Fellowship. It actually started the same year as the coding school started, so back in 2013. So since then, we've taken... Um, Eight companies per year is what we what we take through the program. Those companies have raised over one hundred million dollars cumulatively, and they've created over five hundred jobs for the state of Kentucky. And these are all Kentucky-based companies that have gone through this program. So Keith McMunn is our fellowship director. Um, he does an outstanding job of identifying the companies that would be the best fit for this program, um, and then mentoring them coaching them, connecting them with the right resources. Um, those companies, I mean, they, yeah, they have a lot of advantages that are created because of the work that Keith does um, to help them really accelerate to their next inflection point. Um, and actually coming up, I don't know when this will be released, but on April 1st is our 13th birthday at Awesome Inc. That's also going to be our first ever fellowship demo day. Um, so Keith's going to lead the companies that are currently in the program through a demo day experience where they'll be able to kind of demonstrate some of their progress to uh, a room full of investors and mentors and, and some of their, their peers. 
another part of the story that I think is really important for us to touch on. And, and Luke, you might want to um, take the lead on some of this. But one of the things that led to our ability to be able to even run mm-hmm. the fellowship program mm-hmm. um, is the Kentucky Entrepreneur Hall of Fame that we launched in 2010. Um, the Hall of Fame exists to celebrate the success stories of the most successful entrepreneurs in the state of Kentucky. Um, but it also exists, the second half of our mission is to inspire similarly ambitious entrepreneurial endeavors of younger generations of entrepreneurs um, so they can kind of look up to and learn from these mentors that are in the Hall of Fame um, the Hall of Fame itself. So, yeah, Luke, do you want to talk a little bit about the inception of the Hall of yeah, Fame? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you expressed it that way because um, as I, whenever we get lost of like, what should we do next with the Hall of Fame? We're like, well, why did we start it in the first place? What do we hope happens with it? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it, it was one or two years in and we we're like calling up some of these uh, people that we look up to and want to learn from. And we're like, hey, can you come? I don't know, come hang out with us, check out what we've done and, and uh, teach us what you know. And they were like, uh, no, because <laughs> you're not important enough. And I was like, ah, touche, touche. They're making solid points. Um, and so we called them back and we said, hey, uh, congratulations. You're in the Kentucky Entrepreneur Hall of Fame. And they said, the what? And uh, we said, no, we, re- we just really, it's an honor. Uh, and the truth was, I guess uh, they were in our, in our hearts. <laughs> we- they were the most famous entrepreneurs in the state of Kentucky that we had ever heard of. And so we we're like, hey, will you get this, you know, uh, probably $7 piece of curved glass with your name on it? Um, and uh, we will make we will make our co-working space, which very coincidentally happened to be the location of these induction ceremonies for the first three years, <laughs> as nice as we can possibly make it. Um, and they were just such good sports. I look at some of those early pictures and I'm like, I can't believe you walked in the door and didn't turn right back around and say, this is some Bush League nonsense. <laughs> but yeah, they did. And um, through these, so, so we had our first induction ceremony in 2010. Um then we started, I think that very year, started doing the Founders Series. So uh, interviews with these guys online and then this podcast. And then we wrote a book about five years ago that had captured the stories of these guys. So, um, yeah. And they, of course, have also been uh, instrumental in mentoring and connecting the folks that are in the uh, the fellowship. Uh, they've led sessions specifically to give guidance. They've made introductions. One of one of our more successful companies, I believe, had like a round close in like uh, a couple of like weeks. Actually, Rubicon. Shout out to Rubicon. Mm-hmm. He made a few uh, like connections at the Entrepreneur Hall of Fame induction. He was a, an up and coming person. Uh, in, Nate, Nate Morris, yeah, Nate Morris, Rubicon, yeah. I think in 2013 or 14, he yeah, was an emerging like, entrepreneur. And like and three years later, by he, 18, yeah, something like 19, that. he yeah. was inducted. Yeah. And, and he, I saw him at the 2021 uh, induction ceremony and he said, Hey, Luke, I just wanted to let you know, like, I made the connections that got me my round, got my round closed basically by being uh, inducted at, um, at the, at the up and coming, yeah, I mean, the, emerging one, yeah. the emerging level. So, yeah. Anyway, we we reached out to these guys because we wanted them to teach us, uh, and we just made it official our like admiration of them, and um, they appreciated it. And it was it was really interesting to realize that like we can't add value. It's like any entrepreneur trying to trying to start a company, like make something people want. It's Paul Graham, um, and like everybody wants to be appreciated. Everybody wants to be admired, and we 
could honestly and authentically say that we appreciated what you know Lee Todd had done and John White Brown had done and Junior Bridgman had done and and um, and we admired them for it and we wanted to learn. So we really looked forward to their you know acceptance speeches because that's really when they said this is how I did it. So everything we've done from that point again has been for ourselves to learn, uh, for others to learn and ultimately to inspire them to pull the trigger and do it, which is what the fellowship has been. So super appreciative of all they've done. And I think those Hall of Fame events for me really evaluated, um, validated that value of community. Uh, and so in hearing those uh, acceptance speeches, so many of the folks who get up there on the podium talk about how the next person, you know, really helped them when they were first getting started. I think mm -hmm. of um, of, uh, of Pierce Lyons and is it Kurt Jones, um, mm -hmm. from, you know, founder of Dippin' Dots. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, he was a, a former employee at, at Alltech, mm -hmm. worked mm -hmm. for Pearson. Mm -hmm. Dippin' Dots never would have been a thing, mm -hmm. um, without that. We've heard, uh, lots of startup stories that have, uh, have come out of Belcan mm -hmm. of these, you know, entrepreneurs who take and spun those off. And so I think that emphasis on community, like that didn't have to be a piece of it, mm -hmm. but I think really hearing those stories and seeing how they were all, um, I'll help each other out. Yeah, there's so many great connections that I've just been able to watch over the years um, that have that have been created from the Hall of Fame, um, but also connections that I guess already existed well before we launched the Hall of Fame. Like knowing that like Jim Host was basically connected to well every pretty every much every single inductee. Yeah. Like, that guy is ridiculous. Been a part yeah. of it, but even in that Six first year, like Jim Host, <laughs> Jim Jim was connected to John Y. Brown, and us like being able to get John Y. John Y. Brown to participate and be supportive of the Hall of Fame is what allowed people like Pierce Lyons to participate in Davis Marksbury, Lee Todd. We kind of already already knew, but he turns out was connected to a lot of these people, um, which kind of leads me to just the point of like how important like you just said, Nick, like the community aspect is and just how important the people are. Um, we would like absolutely not be where we are today if it wasn't for the team that we've been able to to have um, as, as far as supporting us at Awesome Inc. and just really taking things to the next level that we would not have been able to do on our own. Um, the people were the most important part. So Shout out to our very first employee ever who was actually an intern at Awesome Inc. Her name was Therese Henriksen. Um, she was a student at UK and was an intern. And then she, like, her dream was to go be a part of this Disney internship program. And she oh, did yeah. that for a semester. Yeah. And then like after a semester of that, we kind of caught wind that she was thinking about moving back. And we so I called her and just like begged her to come be our first employee at Awesome Inc. And she she did it and she just crushed it and really helped us grow in the early days of Awesome Inc. And then we were able to bring on um, people like Garrett Ebel and Keith Kersendorfer who were able to really move our actual co-working space forward and turn it into something that was much more presentable and had had much better business model behind it. And Keith Kersendorfer is uh, a big part of the reason that Apex became an Inc. 5000 company a couple mm -hmm. years ago. Yeah. Just the the growth that we've experienced has Keith been Kush. a lot of of Keith's leadership. And prior to that, um, I mean, definitely want to give give props to my two Apex business partners, Matt Smith and Justin Rainey, um, who have made 
tons of sacrifices for the startup community behind the scenes. These are like, these are names and faces that most entrepreneurs and founders in the startup community might not recognize. But I can tell you right now that if it wasn't for Matt and Justin, <laughs> yeah, like you would have not had some of the resources that you had to get started in the, the entrepreneur community, at least not in the state of Kentucky, because these guys have donated more of their money and their time um, than pretty much anybody else that, that I know of in the ecosystem across the state of Kentucky. So just super thankful and appreciative of, of some of the people that have been a part of our, our journey. Um, any of the hall of fame inductees that, I mean, they, they all want to continue to, to give back. You mentioned Jenna Greathouse earlier, like a huge supporter. Jim Gray has been a huge supporter. Um, even people like Jay Novelet, who was like one of our yes. very first yeah, investors, yeah, yeah. like wrote us a 25 awesome. or found us the connection that yeah, got yeah. us our first $25,000 actual Gosh. investor. And I'm not yeah. talking about like Capital One and Visa. And yeah, yeah Discover. Were, Those guys were, were like yeah. our actual first investors. Yeah, they were great. Really appreciate yeah, their support. But our first non-institutional investor came through Jay Novelet, um just because he, he believed in us. Um, and now like Dan Beldy is a... Uh, venture capitalist that's here in Lexington and he's a huge supporter of the ecosystem in, in Kentucky and is doing some really cool things for for startups. But he's been a huge supporter of of Awesome Inc. and our mission as well. So I think the people matter so much. Um, and just kind of the last point that I want to make is that you have to do something. You have to get started. Whatever it is that you think that next great idea is or whatever you think that next project is, you have to actually go out and do it and and not just talk about it and not just think about it and write, write about it, but you actually have to go do stuff. And Nick kind of referenced like all of these different paths that we've been down and they've, I mean, he referenced them as like dead ends. And ultimately that's like, that is probably a true, true statement, but I would almost argue that like, instead of dead ends, like maybe the, the optimist of me would encourage you to look at those dead ends as doors that, lead to the next thing. So we, I mean, we started a mobile technology conference 12 years ago. Now we lost tens of thousands of dollars on that mobile technology conference. And it's, it's never going to like, we're not going to revive it and it's not going to make money, but that was a door that led to something else. So we started a touchscreen company and then we went through an accelerator program and learned how to run an accelerator program for real for ourselves. Even though that touchscreen company was a failure and kind of a, a dead end, it, it also was a door to the next thing or our book exchange company became the door to um, having that meeting with Lee Todd. And then the connections that we made through that book exchange company led to some of our first clients at Apex Software. So the importance of just doing something and pulling the trigger is so critical to entrepreneurship um, that I would just encourage anybody. It's like, if you have an idea, if you have something that you want to get started on, like, what are you waiting for? Like Lee Todd told us 15 years ago now, the worst thing that can happen if you actually go do something and try it is that you fail and you're right back where you were a year from now. Like that is the worst case scenario. And guess what? Best case scenario, or maybe like one of the best, better case scenarios is that you get to hang out with your friends like I am right now and have been for the last 15 years. And you get to keep doing what you want to do and you get to do it with the people that you want to do it in the way that you want to do it. There's just so much upside to it and so little downside that I really just want people to, to really hear the words that Lee Todd told us 15 years ago. And that is that, like, what are you waiting for? Just go do something and 
you'll figure it out along the way. You're smart people and you've got great ideas. Just go execute on it. Yeah. Make sure that it's, it's awesome. He said that too. Pretty sure. Um, oh, of course. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, if you're right. The best case scenario, it'll be 15 years later or 13 years later and you'll be sitting in a podcast booth with your two best friends, basically encouraging other folks to uh, take some of the same risks that you took. So should we, should we do number three? You haven't done number three yet. Not I, I, don't, I don't know that I've heard number three on a podcast yeah. yet, but it should be. So it, should it be definitely natural, should be for this one. This should yeah. be the natural outro. So mm-hmm. back in, uh, you want to you hit it? Sure, I got yeah. it here. One second. So uh, Brian and I were trying to raise a quarter of a million dollars to do this boot camp. And uh, we gave this sales pitch. And um, this guy wanted us to meet him at the bar. And so I brought my lap laptop and he didn't really want to pay that much attention but this song was in the background so I was like oh at least we got this song out of it so we're gonna clap twice now well that's it guys thank you so much for checking out this episode of awesomings podcast and another quick thank you to lee rosevere and a few members from our community who provide the music that you hear in this show lastly give us a follow on instagram facebook all that jazz or even better come on down to our space come be a part of our community and get plugged in and let's start something awesome together You guys rock, and we'll see you next time.